0: This is One on One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUB Sports with top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis. This is One on One's NFL Friday.
1: Friday, December sixteenth, cold as ever outside in New York City, but it's hot here in Studio Three, the Bunker. Corey Miller. Sitting alongside Reed Horner, Brendan O'Connell. Coming in
2: hot today, Corey.
1: Oh, yeah. Justin Laughlin in the back. It's a good crew. We got a lot of good football, some bad football last night <laughs> uh, out in Seattle, at least by one team, Rams. Uh, 24-3, to Seattle gets the W. They win their division. And Richard Sherman, after the game, says, hey, I think we can win the Super
2: Bowl. What do you think to that? I definitely take the Seahawks seriously as, as a Super Bowl contender coming out of the NFC, but... You know, I don't know that last night was their strongest performance necessarily. They're coming uh, in against just a dreadful Rams team. I mean, Jared Goff has had a really, really difficult rookie campaign. Um, Obviously, Jeff Fisher just got the axe this week. They got their interim coach in there, you know, uh, John Fassel something like that. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to right the ship, but hard to do that on a short week, you know, where Jeff Fisher is fired midweek against a, a good team in the Seahawks um, but you know I think I think the Seahawks are starting to play well at the right time besides the the Packers game obviously where uh, you know nothing went their way but um, the Seahawks especially at home in the playoffs man they're a dangerous team uh, They're experienced; they've been there before um, and I think this is the time of year where they show that they win their division as as we said but
1: they are beatable, it seems like, at least in some parts of the passing game, Read L.A. did not score. They're really quite atrocious in the red zone, and, and you see a lot of drop passes around the goal line and stuff like that. Richard Sherman absolutely knocked the crap out of Jared Goff to end that game. He came out. Uh, looked like he was okay. But are you buying the Seahawks team as the team to beat in the NFC, or is it still the Cowboys?
3: Um. Well, when evaluating an NFL team for me, if they can win the Super Bowl, it's not necessarily about their losses. It's about who they beat. And I still have that New England Patriots win in the back of my head. that They went into Foxborough and really played, beat the Patriots at their own game. And obviously last night's not a determining factor if they can do anything in the Super Bowl because the Rams wouldn't even be able to make the college football playoffs, some would think. But <laughs> that being said, no, I think the, the the Seattle Seahawks are a legitimate contender. Maybe not the contender. I do still think... Um, Dallas has a chance to go far, even though Prescott's kind of shown to be who I thought he'd end up being. But yeah, the Rams last night, you talked about a struggling passing game and, and Goff really had his welcome to the NFL moment. I think Sherman introduced him to that. I think he had some nice passes. You talked about drops. He he really did drive the ball down the field. Sometimes had a couple of passes dropped. A disgusting throw in the
2: red zone if you guys saw he, that got, the he got he got no help, can... you're right though he you know his receivers did not help him out.
3: I think Goff was kind of set up to fail from the beginning. I think last night he just said his coach gets fired midweek he goes into Seattle, a Super Bowl contender. I don't know how much you can expect from that team and that guy, but overall last night we kind of learned what we already knew. Seattle can go to the Super Bowl, and the Rams won't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jared Goff, just to remind
1: everyone, 13 for 25, 135 yards passing, no touchdowns. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, 19 for 26, 229, three touchdowns and interception. He looks shaky in the red zone at moments, too. That Rams rush is certainly encouraging if you're a Rams fan. You know, you don't know where their head coaching direction will be. People throw out the big names. I ignore all of that. I think (laughs) all these big guys like where they're at, especially down at the college football level. Hire, firing Jeff Fisher when they did is interesting because of the short week but it, you just had to do it at some point but it seems like this team wasn't really encouraged by that they didn't like that he was fired but why what what is the problem is it Fisher or is it is it just not talent
2: well, I think you have to look at it org- organizationally when you have a a team that you know has really been at that middle mediocre level of the league for a while now Jeff Fisher you know is always known for going something like six and ten eight and eight seven and nine um and that's where the Rams have been for the past few years you know dating back to their time in St. Louis uh they come to LA trying to rejuvenate the franchise and um you know get behind Jared Goff their number one pick and just really start from scratch I guess and you know that starts with the head coach you got to get rid of him if if you're going to head in a, du- a new direction and you mentioned that they you know they might be looking at a big time college coach like a Jim Harbaugh um but they can look all they want yeah i don't know why jim harbaugh would want to leave that situation he has in michigan for the situation that's out there in la right now um and then you know people throw out like josh mcdaniels and and that kind of guy um, some established coordinators. See but, that
1: one makes sense to me.
2: Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. But I think that the other thing that they want in LA is is a head coach that the fan base can really get behind and recognize and get excited about, like a a, a former star. head coach or yeah, a star as their coach. Um, it's LA. I don't know that you know a smart coordinator pick will necessarily um, make the fan base go wild, but it could be the the best direction for the organization to go in. What do you think is the move? Well, I think ideally who they want is John
3: Gruden. I think he's someone who's been documented not recently. He hasn't been too happy with the ESPN. They've made some budget cuts, and he's lost people like Trico. Monday Night Football, many believe, has kind of lost its luster, and he's been dying to get back into coaching. And LA would be a perfect spot for him. Who doesn't love to live in Los Angeles? Uh, they Harbaugh, I agree with you completely. He's not going to leave Michigan. At least he'll eventually, but at least not until he gets a national championship. Not right now, yeah. They've talked about Pete Carroll. Um, coming yeah, back. Yeah, that's not happening. Who already <laughs> still has a house in L.A. Yeah, I don't know why he would leave, but um, yeah, McDaniel's I think is the most smart choice. He already was an offensive coordinator for them and uh, would come back kind of at a second shot. The
2: also, also the thing about McDaniel's is he can really pick, you know, wherever he wants to go because everybody is knocking on his door trying to get him to take their job, with all the success that he's had in New England and even some, you know, limited prior coaching head coaching success so i don't know if la is necessarily the situation he wants though
1: there you go seahawks 24 rams 3-2 franchise is clearly going in different directions both west coast living however all right let's get to fantasy who to start this week reed horner is talking with us about fantasy
0: it's time for some fantasy football talk who are the best picks around the nfl Plus, start him and sit him to help you win your league. So you're going to want to start off and start
3: Mr. December Joe Flacco, who's going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I know he may not be the flashiest quarterback in the NFL, but he has averaged 18.1 fantasy points a game, and the Eagles have surrendered just about 22 fancy points for every quarterback they've played this year. So I think he's a very safe start if you have him. When you want to go over to the wide receivers now, you wanna start Steve Smith also for the Ravens. Really? Yep. He's gonna have uh, Joe Flacco's gonna have a great game, I think. Did you and hear what he did at
1: practice? What, what was talking about practice? He had a tirade <laughs> through his
3: helmet on a long pass from Flacco. That's an interesting take. I think Steve Smith is I'm trying to find people. Why is everyone so surprised? I'm trying to find people that you may not already be starting, guys. That's Come fair. on. No, That's Steve fair. Smith. Again, the Eagles. I mean, Philadelphia's are not, D. I, I get that they don't have the greatest defense. And again, I had to build off that Joe Flacco is going to have a great game. And who else is going to throw to really? And That's then fair. at, <laughs> I'm glad everyone thinks this is fair. <laughs> and then told at, me at the, <laughs> at the running back, I would go and start Jonathan Stewart, who's going up against the Redskins. Now he's not always been the most consistent running back, but the Redskins have actually allowed just about 20 fantasy points per game to running backs. So let's let's put him in there and, and see what he can do. That's uh Okay, all well I, I have a question right for you
1: real quick. So I got Larry Fitzgerald, Devontae Adams, Jameson Crowder right now with my wide receivers and my flex. I got Levin Bell and Garrett Blunt as my running backs. Do I start Kenneth Dixon this week finally against Philadelphia? I'm I'm waiting for that breakout game. Uh, I don't think so. I think because I love Blunt. I think he's gonna get used Well I wasn't gonna t I was not going to I was going to take either Crowder or Adams out. And flex. But Adams against the Bears you gotta keep in. Jamison Crowder against Carolina seems like a pretty solid matchup, and I'm leaving Larry Fitzgerald
3: in. I wouldn't go with Dixon just because I think the Ravens are gonna be real pass-heavy. You know what I mean? And they might not focus on That's him. That's Yeah, no, oh, yeah. I mean, I get that. I think all all three of those guys aren't gonna really win you your week unless they really have a breakout game, so I wouldn't. you wouldn't be wrong to go either way. but I think maybe the best change for you is no change, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I think you're right. That's what I'm sticking with for now. Got to do it semifinals this week. We'll be back later with Reed on who to sit this week, but let's get to some football at the Meadowlands. Let's start with Big Blue. Well, Big Blue, the G-Men are playing... Play, frankly, fantastic. At least the defensive side of the ball is. 9-4, and four, big win on Sunday night football last night. Last week, rather, <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys. And boy, oh boy, were they impressive. Before we get to our talk about the G-Men, let's first hear from our own beat reporter, Tom Scabelli, on his thoughts on this week's matchup.
4: What a week for the New York Giants. Sunday's win over Dallas was their biggest victory since Super Bowl 46, and Big Blue has now asserted themselves as serious contenders for Super Bowl 51. The 11-2 Cowboys can thank the Giants for both their losses after the G-Men won 10-7 Sunday night in the Meadowlands. The Giants turned in their best defensive performance in years. After blowing a coverage on a Terrence Williams touchdown in the first quarter, they absolutely shut Dallas down. In the first road loss of his high school, college, or NFL career, Ezekiel Elliott did run for over 100 yards, but just 21 of them came in the second half. Quarterback Dak Prescott looked like a rookie. He completed just 17 of his 37 passes and threw two interceptions, one to Leon Hall and one to Janoris Jenkins. The G-men also sacked him three times. The most impressive performance of the night came from Janoris Jenkins. He embarrassed Dez Bryant all night. He caught as many passes from Dak as Des did, and Jenkins forced to fumble on the only catch that Bryant did make. He also broke up a pass late in the fourth quarter that sealed the victory for the Giants. Coach McAdoo on Jackrabbit.
5: He was all over the field. Uh, he was all over the field. It was a great play at the end of the ballgame, getting his hand on the ball, uh, having that thing come out, but uh, he was all over the field tonight like a lot of guys on defense.
4: On offense, the Giants did struggle yet again but an electric 61-yard touchdown pass from Eli to Odell gave the Giants the lead in the third, and the defense did the rest. This week, the surprising 9-4 Lions come to town. Led by MVP candidate Matt Stafford, Detroit has impressed all season, but they are beatable. The running game is weak, and while Stafford has played great, a dislocated middle finger on his throwing hand should slow him down. I'm expecting another big defensive performance by the Giants, with the offense soon just enough. Big blue wins 20 to 17 and get closer to locking up a playoff spot. With this week's Giants report on Tom Scabelli, WFUV Sports. righty, there it is. Tom
1: Scabelli predicts the Giants 20 to 17 win over the Detroit Lions at home at the Meadowlands. And I gotta say, I, I I kinda like that pick right now, especially after last week's performance. The Lions, the thing is, this is gonna be a sh- is it gonna be a shootout? That's what you gotta understand. Will the Giants contain this really good offense?
2: Well, I think that it's going to be a shootout in the sense that, you know, it's going to be a close game. I don't know. You know, usually when we think shootout, we think high scoring, but... Not so much. Yeah, I think this I game, especially the way that the Giants defense is playing, the way that they shut down the Cowboys uh, last week, I think that uh, even with, you know, Stafford, he's a he's a high-powered quarterback, you know, running that offense, I think that they contain them to a to a degree. Um, and I think that you know their offensive struggles continue as well, um, with with Eli at the helm. And I think that that allows for a close game in the you know high teens, low twenties, just like Tom suggested. I don't know who who comes out uh, on top. For me, I'm going with the Lions actually, but it's going to be right around that 2017, 24, 21 type of game. I think. Is Matt Stafford good enough to beat this Giants? defense with the team
3: that's not really as good walking onto this field Corey matthew stafford will be the most talented quarterback on it i think matthew stafford has had a resurgent year this year a lot of that has to do with the coaching change i believe you talk about this game being a shootout and yes it probably won't be high scoring with the weather one and two the giants have seemed to i think it's safe to say gotten their money's worth for this defense that's oh, fantastic. I think the New York Giants, and I've continued to say this, are the biggest Ponzi scheme of the NFL <laughs> this year. Now, yes, their record is a lot better than most of us had thought, and, and they do have some strength, but I still don't believe that the numbers they've put up on both sides of the ball have led to the record they have. And unless Eli Manning catches fire as soon as this offense does something, the deeper we get into December and the closer we get to Houston, I can't trust them if you can't score. So I, I wouldn't be surprised... I don't know if we're giving our picks right now for this team. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they dropped this one. Here's the deal. I mean, when you win
1: a game against the Cowboys like that at home, you're going to be feeding into the, that momentum, and this defense really has that right now. Um, that sort of swagger can, can disrupt an offense like the Lions. I mean, think of how good that, that Cowboys offense had been up to that point What's interesting is the uh, the Lions' defense is not scary at all, but but I don't think they have anyone who can stop Odell. And the, the Giants' offense is pretty simple.
2: Let's throw to Odell and,
4: and have him win us the, the game.
2: Yeah, see, I'm somewhere in between you guys. So I I agree, Reed, where um, I'm not totally buying in on on the Giants and uh, their record necessarily, or their you know um, the fact that they can make a deep deep playoff run this year. You know, I've done that in the past. I haven't bought in, and uh, as a Patriots fan, it hasn't necessarily been the best outcome. But, you know, know, yeah, we won't get into that. But uh, I—and that's from me, you know, looking at their long win streak earlier this season and saying, well, you really just beat up on a bunch of crappy teams. You know, you had a a nice stretch there where you played a bunch of lesser opponents, so you uh, did what you were supposed to do and won. But— this past week against the Cowboys, that really, as Corey, you were saying, that really impressed me because
3: I, I, I have to disagree. I'm sorry, it's the second time it's been said. That Dallas one was not nearly as impressive as people have been saying. Dak, they got lucky again. I think. I think Dak Prescott ha- finally had one of his rookie moments, and yes, they did something to force it. But no, I disagree. It was, not, disagree. This, it was not this oh come to Jesus. I completely oh, so disagree good. because
1: that defense without their best player played fantastic all around. It, it wasn't even. It wasn't even just Dak Prescott. It was a top-five receiver also getting beat the whole game. It was a running back who was supposedly the best in the NFL this year getting stopped for the entire game. Now, I know his stats looked pretty good because he had a big yard uh, run in the first half, but no, no, no. They stopped this Cowboys team. It, it wasn't no surprise, but that was impressive. You, you cannot deny that the offense did not look impressive, but you have superstars like Odell to make up for offenses that aren't that great. The defense, what they did to that Cowboys team to neutralize it was absolutely fantastic. No, I'm
3: not saying they didn't, but again, that's one side of the ball. Um and Des Bryant's lack of performance is directly correlates to um Prescott's lack of performance. And now not yes, when
1: you're dropping balls and, and when you're fumbling it.
3: Okay. But still even the if their crucial defense, moments even if their defense is as good as you say, when does this offense wake up and how much can one receiver bring an offense? That deep into the playoffs like I know Odell Beckham's really good but a wide receiver in the NFL does not have that much of an impact that they can change the offensive output of an entire well, team
2: well that's the question is you know how much can Odell change because their offense is their problem right now which is completely uh you know contradictory to last year's team um but back to uh the Giants defense I think it was a combination of you know uh, a rookie quarterback in December trying to, you know, figure it out. They um, finally have tape a, on him. And a superstar wide receiver not showing up uh, as big as he usually does. But I think that, that also you can't overlook the effect that the, the Giants defense had on them. Because it's it's never just one or the other. But I think that, you know, the, the confluence of the two, especially the Giants defense playing that well at home, that really determined the game in my opinion. Giants 9 and 4
1: sit second in the NFC East so they're sitting pretty there but if you look at this team and if they're going to play as a wild card team let's say
3: they have to let's
1: say they get in as a wild card team as the 5 seed ahead of who knows Atlanta or Tampa Bay at that point depending on who wins that division the south Seattle's in Dallas is in and then you'd have Detroit or Green Bay Winning the North. I don't know if Green Bay can pull that off.
3: Very possible. Well, when you look at... I, I think as we come down to the end of the season, I want, I want to see what you guys think. You start to think for these wildcard teams, especially, what do you value more in the NFL? An offense like the Atlanta Falcons or a defense like the New York Giants? Who do you trust more to help you get deeper into the playoffs? That's really the ultimate question. Because the Giants, again, have no offense and the Falcons have... I think one of the most dynamic, at least passing games in the league. For me, it's defense.
2: I think defense travels, especially in cold weather games. You know, and that's but what you have in the playoffs in January. Here's my
1: question for you: Would you rather have Dan Quinn or Ben McAdoo coaching your team for a playoff game?
2: Right. At, well, at this Tough. point, they're both kind of unpro- you know unproven. Now
1: I'll tell you this: Last year would have been a no-brainer, Dan Quinn, for me. But after the Giants have finished the games the way they have, it's very different. And Dan Quinn and the Falcons have lost a lot of horrible games at the end. And you're wondering, wow, this team is so much talent. Why aren't they ahead? Why aren't they, why, how is Tampa Bay possibly even with them? So you look at the Giants, and, and they're going to have a matchup with a home team. And it's, it's probably going to be Seattle. And that's probably worst-case scenario because what can Seattle do? Well, they can shut down Odell Beckham Jr. Pretty simple. And if they do that, I don't really see how the Giants could beat a team like Seattle. Now Dallas, on the other hand, completely beatable by the Giants' standard. Even Detroit. I think just unfortunately for Giants, they're going to run into the Seahawks. And and especially at home, (laughs) that's a game that, wow. Can you see Odell getting his head? I mean, mean, players getting into his head? Richard Sherman? But they are beatable because of the absence of Earl Thomas. But
3: you look at the NFC, and I really believe that the Seahawks are the scariest team. I think... Odell Beckham is maybe pound for pound the most talented player in the NFL right now. Not the best, but talent-wise, he is definitely everything a team needs in a receiver and and some more. You talk about the three-team race between Tampa, Atlanta, and New York, and you're right. A lot of this has to do with their schedule, okay? So next week, who does Atlanta play? The 49ers. You don't think they can light them up? who's Tampa Bay play? who has had... Jameis Winston's finally come into his own, really showing why they took him with the first pick. Their defense has been really good, but they're going up against the Cowboys. And obviously we talked about the Giants going up against the Lions. So out of those three teams, I still think the Falcons' schedule going down into the season as well, Panthers and Saints, sets them up, even if they may not be the better team, to be more likely to get the wild card. Well, there you have it. NFC certainly shaping up to be more interesting than the AFC, in my opinion.
1: Giants, though... Really looking good, especially if they are win nine and four. They take on, yes, they do. Who do they take on? This we were just talking, the Lions. They take on the Lions at the Meadowlands on Sunday at one o'clock. Playoff preview, maybe, potentially. Who knows? Very potentially blue against blue. All right, let's get to fantasy. Who to sit?
3: Reed, what are your thoughts? Okay, so we just talked about the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions. So as far as good as I think it's gonna be. A shootout, I think you're going to want to sit Matthew Stafford only because it won't be a high-scoring game. Talk about that Giants defense that has allowed 13 touchdowns and the second-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. So as a fan, you may be excited to watch that game, but as a fantasy owner, Matthew Stafford should not be your guy. So the Giants defense is good now. I've been saying it the whole time. They got their money's worth. I mean, we won't get back to that conversation. It's the offense. (laughs) If he was starting to sit the offense, no, sit Giants offense. Start their D. Now, for sit them in the wide receiver category, are you gonna to want to go with Brandon Marshall? Um, I think that's really? pretty self-explanatory. Well, right? Did you hear all the the, ch- the chit chat between him and Brian Masquel? Why they could they could talk all they want doesn't mean he's going to put up numbers. One, he's in the Jets jersey, which means his quarterback situations as as yeah, yeah. I, always I, I like weather.
2: I like this sit pick read. I like.
3: <laughs> and he's going up against the Miami Dolphins who have had who have been on a real hot streak. Now they may not be the best team in their division, but they're definitely going to give them their are a division rival, so that game is going to always be good. Their defense is legit and I think the Jets are a garbage fire of an NFL franchise. <laughs> and their they're, they're, they're passing attacks are not going to be nothing. So you can start Marshall if you want, but I'm going to sit him. And then at the running back position, you're going to want to sit Devontae Booker for the Denver Broncos. They go Ooh. up against the New England Patriots this year, whose defense has not been um the best. But they've uh really been able to stop the run in the league this year. And I think the Broncos are kind of going to go with a more passing attack trying to take care of the, the Patriots secondary which is atrocious this year. Mm-hmm. And uh
2: yeah, I'll be interested to bench. see too if the Patriots defense can repeat the performance that they just had against the Ravens cuz I think that they might have turned a corner there. Do you, you know, they they played very Especially very well on Trevor Monday Sunday night, and
1: I think they can really yeah. uh, I think they're going to take on the Broncos pretty steadfastly. All right, we got another AFC East team rather. They wear green. And their season, well, it hasn't gone that great. Yes, that's the Jets. Four and nine. A confused quarterback situation. A coach that's really on the hot seat and a a fan base that's just truly dejected. That's the Jets for you. They take on the Miami Dolphins on Saturday Night Football. (laughs) How about that? Again, at the Meadowlands. Two home games this week for the New York area teams. They'll take on a division foe, looking to maybe ruin their playoff chances. Let's hear what our B reporter, Christian Goey, has to say on the Men in Green.
0: They're doing it again, Jets fans. After a come from behind 23-17 OT win in San Francisco, the Jets are ruining their draft position. Sure, it was nice to see Bryce Petty get reps and show us where he is in his development. It was also nice to see the kind of courage and relentlessness that he has. He threw an interception on his first pass of the game and looked pretty mediocre in the first half. And the team as a whole seemed to be laying down to a lowly 49ers team. But in the second half, Petty made some big plays, including a great dive for a two-point conversion as part of the Jets' comeback from a 14-point deficit. Petty's improvement throughout the game was certainly a positive. In addition, Todd Bowles showed that he still may have the locker room as the team fought really hard in the second half despite an uninspiring start. But there were still more negatives. Bilal Powell demonstrated the ineptitude of the coaching staff once again. He rushed for 145 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner. He was elusive and shifty and tough to bring down. But Powell, for some reason, hasn't been involved in the game plan a great deal this season. As a pass catching threat, he was a spark to the team winning late last season. It just doesn't make any sense that the coaching staff has used him as little as they have. Still, the worst part is that the Jets move further down in the draft order because of some meaningless feel good win. They miss out on players because of wins like this year after year. Most recently, Marcus Mariota. This time, it could be Leonard Fournette. Unfortunately, I think the Jets are going to win tomorrow night and hurt their draft spot even more. Miami lost Ryan Tannehill to a knee injury, so I'm predicting a 17-14 Jets win over Matt Moore and the Dolphins. Lord help us. Covering the... I'm Christian Goey, WFUV Sports. And Mr.
1: Goey goes with, wow, the Jets' victory, 17-14 to 14 over the Matt Moore-led Dolphins at MetLife on Saturday at 8.25 p.m. And, again, you know, I- I'm agreeing with our beat reporters this week. Tom and Christian hitting the nail on the head, in my opinion. I, I kind of think the Jets are going to get this one, too. I- you I- Jets? I-, I tend to jinx the Jets when I go with them, so, I mean, what what can you say, but... I don't really like the Dolphins situation right now. And, again, the Jets at home, I feel like they're got to be playing more for pride and just get away from those low draft picks still.
2: I'm going Jets too. It makes no sense, but I'm going Jets. I mean, the the main reason I'm doing that is because I really – the Dolphins are another one of those teams that I just can't bring myself to believe in. You know, especially with uh, Tannehill out, um, You you look at that team and I just can't believe that they're – where they are in the standings and, uh, you know, a possible playoff team. I really don't think they're all that great. But um, they they got hot in the middle of the season there, and now it's up to the Jets and teams like that to stop them from getting to the playoffs. Jay Ajayi's
1: production, production read has been incredibly low these past couple of weeks. For the Dolphins, which, you know, you look at a they are playing decent football. They're beating not great teams usually are losing to teams like the Ravens, who I do think are way better. So without a quarterback who was playing re- relatively very well, again, he's a game-by-game quarterback, but better than Matt Moore, do they have
3: to run the, re- rely on Ajayi a little bit more here going down the stretch? I think you don't rely on one player, especially in football, but especially in the position they are. Neither of these teams are playoff contenders, I'd say. I think the Dolphins before Tannehill got hurt was a team that could sneak into it and really do some damage now, uh, with more under center, that's 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 different. But um I just don't have it you say you, you don't have faith, Brennan, right in, in Miami, but by then that means you have more faith in the Jets, which I don't know why that would be. I think the Miami Dolphins even not having their star quarterback can give the Jets a run for their money and are better in close game yeah. situations,
2: which this one will be. They can definitely keep it. I'm, they can for sure win. I mean, it depends what Jets team shows up. Um, you know, if like they, Miami's favored in this game, come in uninspired, then forget about it. But you know, if they can put some some things together, which they haven't been able to do all season, granted, but. Um, You know, I think Miami's just in a weakened position right now, as you said. I think your best
3: defense uh, for being against Miami would be that they suck playing in cold weather. And as we all know, walking into the studio today, this has been a very cold week. So you could say that since they're up here in the Meadowlands. But like I said, Miami's still favored to win this game. And that's for good reason. It's not because they're a great team. It's because the team in green and white is quite frankly awful.
2: I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, the Jets have been wearing puke green all season because they've just been dreadful. But um, I don't know. For some reason, my my heart is saying to pick the Jets this week. You know why? Because
1: the Jets love to eliminate teams like the Dolphins who have eliminated them in the past going down the stretch and and losing a key game to a team that's out of of contention already. The Jets are interesting. I, I mean, the Dolphins, again, they just kind of seem to falter. Under the pressure of teams that aren't even that great, but again, I look I, I look at this game Saturday night football. Kind of love it, kind of absolutely love it. I think people are gonna be watching because there's no college football. There's a little bit, but not really any at all. And the Jets are gonna put on a little show. Get to five and nine, make Jets fans even more angered. It's a funny cycle. What are you guys' thoughts on these Saturday night games? Way better than Thursday night, huh?
2: I didn't even realize that um, that was happening this week. I knew that. I think it's happening next week too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Christmas. So, I mean, I like it. I definitely like it Christmas way more Eve. than Thursday night games.
1: Well, Christmas Eve actually. All most most of the games are on on Saturday. the twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah. So well, I don't
2: like Saturday
3: games, guys. I mean, I love football, but I'm more of a, a binge watcher type of deal. I like being able to sit down on Sunday and just. Get all the games out of the way. Not have to, like, oh, my Saturday night, i got to do this. Oh, my Sunday night, i got to do this. Oh, my Thursday night, I have to do this. Oh, my Monday night, I have to do this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just put it all into one kind of day and just turn that into my football day. But,
2: again, I don't have that. I definitely agree definitely with that. Game. Um, although, like, would I rather sit down on a Saturday night and watch football or a Thursday night? And I would say definitely Saturday. Because well, my question would be to you. Are you more likely to be home
3: on a Thursday night or a Saturday night? I would say Thursday. Well, the
2: average person is more likely to be home on a Thursday. And like I'll I'll be home too, but as as students turn finals were, you know. It
1: is finals week here at Fordham, but lots of football going on and, and a good mess in the NFC. AFC looks to be a little clearer at least for the time being. The AFC South really anyone's game. I I, I imagine Tennessee will win that. They're the most talented team on paper. Kansas City, Oakland in the West is a great race. One of those teams will be the wild card. Denver, a tough schedule to finish out the year against all playoff teams. You got Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Neither of those teams are are truly that scary to me unless Pittsburgh's healthy. Uh, their, Their defense just isn't that scary. Patriots in the East look good. So you got the Dolphins competing for a wild card. You got the Ravens competing for a wild card. You got Denver and Oakland. Kansas City, somewhere in there. One of those teams is going to get a wild card or both. And it's shaping up to be a a pretty solid AFC
3: uh, AFC playoffs, but no one's expecting anyone but the Patriots, I think. Well, how sad is it that a team from the AFC South is going to be guaranteed a playoff spot? (laughs) Because you talked about how embarrassing that division is. And I say this every year, and no one ever listens to me, maybe because I'm a 20-year-old college student, but still (laughs) that they need to get rid of this Automatic qualifier for a division because I think that none of them should get in. But I do agree with Corey that Tennessee looks like they're going to get into
2: it. At least it's, you know, a bunch I of I completely teams. disagree. Uh, Yeah, I, I disagree too. But at least it's going to be a team with a winning record this year, probably, because.
1: Yeah, and Justin disagrees as well, Reed. I'll tell you well, why. why. I'll tell you why you need a division because at the end of the day. No, you keep your division. But the reason. You also have to reward the division too. Uh, no, you don't. You, you do. I don't think it needs to be, so to speak. I mean, they do it in every sport, basketball, wh- wh- whatever it is. You look at these t- these these teams, I mean, Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. All right, maybe they're not the cream of the crop. Great. But this is kind of another way to you know help maybe some small market teams get in and, and, and stuff along those lines. And having said that, you have a team that each plays in each division. Those division games are supposed to matter for a reason. And are you just going to take away the rivalry? I don't really see the value in putting four AFC West teams in, or
3: or North teams for that matter. Well, one, that doesn't mean that's going to happen. But if four NFC North teams, for example, are better than some other team from another division, I don't know why I'm not put them on. I don't care about the business aspect as a fan about small and large market. I want the best teams in the playoffs and the most entertaining matchups. And I'm sorry, but shouldn't the best teams have to but- win their division? But that's what I'm saying. Sometimes the best teams have an even better team in their division, but would still serve. For example, if the Giants were in the AFC South, they would be the best team in that division. They are a better team than any team in that thing. So why shouldn't they make the playoffs over a team like the Colts, who are on the back of Andrew Luck and breaking him now? Your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, that that's kind of why the division games are so important right now. Is, um, you know, you have to. The Giants have to beat the Cowboys and, you know, the... um, They still do. There still would be important games. Right, but I'm trying to figure out how to best explain this. I mean, (laughs) if, you know, the reason that a team like, um, like Oakland, I guess, for example, right now, is second to Kansas City is because even though they have the same record, they... Lost to Kansas City, so that you know that's rewarding Kansas City for beating that team. But it's ridiculous. Cause Oakland's one of the best so, teams in the AFC. Right, but that, they're not missing the playoffs. But they have, still but they didn't. Enough could. That's, th- that's because the AFC is so
3: horrible. But in another year, they could potentially miss the playoffs if the other teams' divisions were much better. So just to take this real quick, do you believe this should be the case in other sports as well? Uh, NBA. I'm a big I'm a big NBA guy, and I do believe also that lots of times teams have snuck in that I just think man baseball horrible. Uh, I think baseball is a little trickier because I do like how they have the one game wild card kind of thing in the beginning. But yeah, no, I don't think see how it how a team how a league would suffer from this. I think it would make a more entertaining product come playoff time, and that's really I see where I definitely see want. where
2: you're coming from.
1: It's um, not a bad argument. I just think here's the deal: you got this system down right now with the four divisions in each league. You need to win your own division, respectively. It's like a mini-playoff tournament each year. And if you can't win your own playoff tournament, well, then you don't deserve to have home field.
3: I get it. And if if it isn't broke, don't fix it kind of thing it seems to be. like I'm not saying it's horrible, but I'm just saying as well, when I look at, like I said, a Tennessee, a Houston, an Indianapolis, I just get kind of sick to my stomach when I know one of those teams will be in the postseason.
2: I mean, they're they're not bad teams. They're just you know. Yeah, no, they're bad. Sorry, they're horrible. I'd say I'd say they're average, and uh, you know, when you have twelve teams, you're gonna get one or two average teams. I think you can't have, you know, all elite teams in there. Because if you look at the teams that are gonna miss the playoffs too, it's gonna be like, oh, maybe it's gonna be Denver, and it's like, oh, they're gonna be ten and six, nine and seven, and a, a good team, but. um... But Brendan,
3: they're average because the AFC is a very bad conference this year. They're very top heavy with Tom Brady and the Patriots leading the pack. I'm saying this is not just for this year. In general, if the AFC were stronger, would you not be upset if, say, you were a team from another division and you know you're way better, but your team's not going to make the postseason for whatever reason because, and that like a, a Tennessee will make it or a Houston will make it. Does that will that not upset you? Like I understand the importance of no, division just, games, and I think maybe there's a way to come between that to still make division games, maybe tiebreakers, for example, mm-hmm. or whatever. But what I'm saying is that teams—this is not—this has happened in the past where teams with losing records have gotten into the playoffs, losing yeah, records. I was, was going like, to
2: mention that—that's only happened like what, no, 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 once. That's like? not the reason,
3: too. But that's just another—that's just another example about how mediocrity should not be in the postseason for the NFL, and it continues to be so, whether it has a winning record or a losing record.
1: Yeah, but you're never going to be able to balance out the divisions then and stuff like that. There's a balance that sort of has to occur within the league and there is one relatively. That's why you see teams rarely repeating. Anyways, the Jets
2: really not And I think that that's also you- a way for the NFL to have parity too is to, you know, give, you know, if if there's, you know, the NFC South is always a pretty bad division, but there's usually a different winner. Who you know gets? To yeah, but at eight, times nine. you had the
1: Colts that were really good, and it's a it's a rotational thing. But yeah, you're right. In right. recent years, it really hasn't been. But you know, neither are the Jets, and and I just let let we'll get away from this uh, division debate at this point. But the Jets again four and nine really a rocky season. It began in the off season, in my opinion. And I've said this before. Started when Ryan Fitzpatrick held out, and then just kind of escalated from there. This team has on paper a, a good. Good team, and they're just not there uh, intangibles-wise. Darrell Revis, you point to him, get him out. He's a cancer on that team right now, and that's coming from a guy who was lucky for a Super Bowl because, uh, in large part to Darrell Revis. So he, he just seems to be out of it and, and whatnot overall. Anyways, all right, we got few more minutes left here on NFL Friday. Let's get to our last fantasy segment with Reed. Sleepers this week.
3: So I think this quarterback right here may not be a sleeper, but many people who aren't deep into fantasy may not know that Tyrod Taylor is a very good fantasy quarterback. May not be the best quarterback in the league, but fantasy-wise, he's putting up not only consistent, but consistently high numbers. So if you're kind of a casual fan, you somehow have Tyrod Taylor on your bench, start him because he will be surprising, especially while going up against the Browns this week. I think at... Um, running back, you want to go with Kenneth Farrell for the San Diego Chargers. Interesting. Gordon's going to be likely out this week, so I think yep. he would be then become the man. The Raiders' defense uh, is not horrible, but they've they've let running backs do what they want at some time, so I think that that could be kind of a mixture for someone that could get you a few extra points that you did not expect. And, that, um, and wide receiver, this is a mouth for, Doral Green Beckham for the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Now, I think... He's a, he's a deep sleeper. I'm not saying he's going <laughs> to he's gonna change your entire game. But again, if you have a player out to injury, like I do with Green or something like that, maybe, and you're desperately looking for someone to get that no one else in your league wants, I think Beckham could be that guy. The Ravens' secondary is beaten up, especially after going against the Patriots. They, uh, I mean, you, that could be a double-edged sword. You could be saying that they're coming back for revenge. But I like to think that maybe they're a little demoralized and, and still sore from that Monday night thrashing short week for them and I would say put him on put him on the put him on your roster and see what you can do if you need him but those are uh, my sleepers all right
1: well are you guys are either of you still in the playoffs no i'm
3: out are you uh, in i'm in but I, those... I, I only do one fantasy league with, Semifinals. My, with my friend yeah i'm still in i'm good i'm good at this
2: this he's is, good at it I'm, are I'm you in Justin?
3: he is He's in the semifinals in one
2: league.
1: I,
3: he I, I, I have to, I have a great quarterback rotation of Tom Brady and Cam Newton. Oh, there you go. So I feel like yeah. that's kind of like helped me get over the edge. Especially Cam Newton's in, been awful this year. Well, I've had Tom Brady to rotate in. That's, that, that's the my trip. problem is I don't pay
1: attention
2: right enough. There. I don't check it every week. And well,
1: I'm in the semifinals and I'm looking pretty good this
3: week because I was supposed to play. <laughs> I feel Julio like this was Jones. a question. This was a question you asked just so he could like say it. without saying I'm playing. I'm playing <laughs> Julio Jones. Julio here. Jones was supposed to
1: be against me and he's out this week. For the Falcons. Julio Jennings plays for the Falcons, in case you didn't know. Um and <laughs> Really? What what university do you go to? And um <laughs> funny too. And um basically if I win this week I'm in this in the championship and I think I might just do it. Pretty excited. I've now, never won a fantasy uh league before. What's on the
2: line? Anything?
3: Yeah, you know, pride I'd say most off. <laughs> I say if you win. Do you are you the type of person that's gonna wear some kind of article of clothing that would uh I'm definitely that
2: type
1: of person, but I don't know if I have something that really. If you win, well, you got a tattoo saying "Fantasy Winner
2: 2016." Maybe
3: no, Hmm. maybe I always thought a cool prize would be not something you get, but everyone else in your fantasy league would have to wear a shirt with your face just all over. Well, our loser
1: got has to get a belly button piercing, so I thought that was good. Wow, I'm not I'm not whole I'm not (laughs) that that whole body (laughs) modification. Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 But that is funny. Ears pierced for a week. See that happens. It's funny. Anyways, you guys are crazy. Fantasy this week. All right. Let's get to our last segment here. We're going to get to the picks in a sec. Let's just talk, let's just talk general NFL this week. When you look at the the messes and we've talked both playoff races right now, but a few things just before we get to our picks. MVP so far, rookie of the year, and then when you look at this team or, or this league, what team has surprised you the most? Those are the three questions I'm going to pose to you
3: guys right now. What are your thoughts, Reed? Team that surprised me the most in a bad way was the Arizona Cardinals. I know coming into the season we thought that they were going to be a great team. I actually predicted they were going to the Super Bowl. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I I did and they've been nothing but a disappointment. I think uh I think my um MVP for the year would be Tom Brady. Still think he's the best quarterback in the league even if uh
2: he hasn't played four games or played four or less games than other candidates.
1: What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I totally agree with you on the uh the Cardinals' point there, in terms of a, a good surprise, I would say the Oakland Raiders for sure for me. I did not expect yeah, them to, to start the season 10-3 and three where they are now. Um, looking at, at, at you know, just a week or two ago they were the number one seed and they're almost a lock at this point for the playoffs. So um, they've been a pleasant surprise. Uh, in terms of rookie of the year, i got to go um, Ezekiel Elliott, I think that he's been, clear, I think. <laughs> you know, uh, a, just a great player this year. And, and uh, he's over Dak for me because the the Cowboys are sort of, you know, uh, a run-oriented team. Prescott um, will
3: win it over him. There's no way you choose a running back over a quarterback. Sorry.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. Dak, I feel like Dak's been a little bit of a game manager this year, even though he hasn't, you know, made in any big mistakes. And he's been uh, a great guiding force on that team um I you know personally I just have Zeke a little bit just a slightly ahead of him um and then for MVP um man I'm torn over a guy like Derek Carr um and my guy Tom Brady um even though Brady missed those four games he's just been the best quarterback in the league by far I think um but but Carr has been so influential on that Raiders team that I mentioned as as such a great surprise and such a great turnaround this year. So uh if I'm voting right now, Carr, you know, there's still three weeks left, though, and I think Tom Brady can make up that ground.
1: All right, here's my picks. I, I mean, most surprised, I, I, I got to go with either Cincinnati. I really thought they'd be a lot better uh, than they were. I think the Tyler Eifert picked. injury uh, really derailed them a little bit. And then also... I think Baltimore really surprised me. I thought they were going to be another year to rebuild, but no, they really played well. Uh, An older team, but playing well. Anyways, now it's our favorite time of the show. Time for our picks for Week
0: 15. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. Last night on Thursday Night Football, the
1: Seattle Seahawks in their home field where they barely lose. Stomped on the L.A. Rams 24-3. Yeah, Jared Goff also got crushed by Richard Sherman. All right, Saturday night at MetLife across the river from Manhattan. We got Miami coming up to face the hopeless Jets, but are they so hopeless? Brendan.
2: I'm taking the Jets, as I said earlier.
1: Not so much. Reed, who you got? Miami. Miami. We're split in here. Just. I got to go
5: Jets. I think that defense is going to get all over that Miami offensive line. Wow. Wow.
1: Three to one on the Jets. I'm going Jets at home. Just gang doing, green. There you go. All right, one o'clock on Sunday. That day, Packers Bears, the oldest rivalry in the sports. The Packers win. They tie up the rivalry record overall. Career history. Big day. I'm going gangrene. Not the Jets, the Packers, folks. That's Soldier Field. He got Cheese Ed's gonna win. Yeah, I'm going Packers too. Justin. Go pack go, they tie things up. Oh, everyone's going Packers. Send it on that one. (laughs) I should have known. All right, another 1 o'clock game. Browns at the Bills up in snowy (laughs) Buffalo. That one is going to be turnover. Phil, Justin,
5: hit me. I really, really hope the Browns win, but I can't see the Bills not winning the game. Bills in the snow just sounds right. What do you got, Reed? I have the Bills, too. Browns are going to win their last game of the season,
2: not this one. Brennan? I'm doing it. I'm picking the Browns. I'm, I'm doing it. And Rex, you know, trouble for Rex. That will not happen. We should have sent it on this one. Buffalo
1: in Buffalo, in the snow. (laughs) Tyrod Taylor, better than RG3. Bill's in that one. We got two physical teams. One wears green, one wears purple. That's the Eagles in Baltimore to take on the Joe Flacco-led Ravens. I'm going to go with the Birds. Yes, the Ravens, not the (laughs) Eagles. Nah, they're both Birds. You like that joke? Reed, who you got? I have Flacco and the Ravens. They're going to have a breakout game. Rebound. I'm going Baltimore, too. Justin? Baltimore. Wow, send it. Everyone has Baltimore at home over Carson Wentz and the staggering Eagles. All right, Titans versus the Chiefs. Another good matchup. Two playoff teams potentially that could actually meet down the road. Marcus Mariota can keep playing as well
5: as he is. Justin, start us off. I got to say that I think the Titans are going to win. I think the Chiefs, I think Alex Smith is going to have a typical game manager game and not do anything exciting, and Mark Marcus is going to come away with a win.
0: Wow,
1: Upset City from our producer. I love it. Who you got?
5: I think you're going to see just how much better Kansas City
2: is than Tennessee, and they're going to come out with the win. Upset or just who everyone thinks, Brandon? I'm going Kansas City, too. I think the Chiefs, they're a threat in the AFC.
1: At Arrowhead, that defense, much better Then the Titans' offense, the Titans' defense, not that great. Alex Smith will be just all right. All right, Steelers at the Bengals, a little divisional
3: matchup. Any chance the Bengals end a little twist to the Steelers' playoff hopes? I would say yes, but Green is still out, so I'm going to have to go with Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Andy Dalton good enough at home? It's an interesting game, but the Bengals have just been too disappointing. I think the Steelers are another one of those, you know, sleeper teams who could be a threat in in the postseason. I'm going Steelers. Are we sending it? Yeah, like
5: Reed said, without A.J. Green, there's no way I could pick the Bengals. Got to go Steelers.
1: Send it. Everyone has Big Ben and the boys. Le'Veon Bell's been fantastic, and for me in fantasy as well. Steelers get the win there, continue to stay atop their division. All right, Lions versus the Giants, a really compelling matchup of two teams that are playing very well of late. Lions, fourth quarter, Comeback City. I'm actually not going with the Lions in this one. I'm going Giants. I, I think that team is just much better than the Lions overall, even though the Lions – have a better quarterback. Brendan, who do you think?
2: I'm going Lions. I mean, I, I believe that Matt Stafford has the NFL record right now for qu- fourth quarter comebacks, right? There you go. And he's going to add to it on Sunday, I think.
3: This will be a close game. Lions are the best close game team. That means the Lions are going to come out of this game with a win. We split here, Justin, or what are we talking? The Lions are going to walk out
1: of there wow. with a W. At MetLife, no way. Giants are a momentum team. They got the confidence right now. All right, Colts at the Vikings in Minnesota. It's got to be chilly up there. Thank God they're indoors. Justin, home team?
3: Vikings all the way. Are
1: we sending it here, folks?
3: Yeah, no Vikings. Everyone send
1: it send in that loud stadium up in Chile, Minnesota. All right, another uh, kind of interesting matchup of the week. Jaguars at the Texans. <laughs> Down in Houston, that's where the Super Bowl will be. I don't think the Texans will
3: be playing there. I do think the Texans are going to get the win, though. Uh, it doesn't matter. The next exciting game in Houston will be the Super Bowl. I think Texans, though, will edge it out. Blake
2: Bortles? Wanted to pick the Jags, but got (laughs) to go Houston on this one. Send it.
3: Send
1: it. Send it. All right. No way. Blake Bortles, just not good enough. All right, Saints. (laughs) Let's hit the 4 o'clock game. Saints at the Cardinals. Pass. Good passing versus good passing defense. That's intriguing, right?
3: Uh, I guess you could sell it that way. I'm not buying (laughs) it, though. I'm taking the Cardinals over the Saints who have become even more disappointing as Drew Brees has continued to deteriorate. It's
1: definitely hot out there, is that gonna impact Drew Brees' throwing? I think that's helpful.
2: Yeah, I'm picking the Cardinals at home. I don't know how intriguing a <laughs> game this is, Corey, as much as you wanna make. Are, are we indoors. sending it?
5: Is it not yeah, intriguing? This, this isn't really that intriguing? Send <laughs> <we're sending laughs> it! Yeah, <laughs> Drew Brees
1: playing against me in Fantasy too, so I like this predictions. Patrick Peterson and the crew out back. we you know. We're I think they get wrong. Matthew back, too. Alright, 49ers at the Falcons. Send it! I'm not even asking you guys. Atlanta all over the 49ers. That's got to be uh, the easiest game of the week. Let's move to the 425 games. Raiders at the Chargers, division game.
3: Philip Rivers good enough? Philip Rivers is still better than Carr, I believe. But the Chargers,
5: unfortunately, Justin's crying now, are not. Raiders going to win this game? Justin, what do you what do you think? As the biggest Chargers fan of the East Coast, I got to go <laughs> Chargers here. I think that that front seven is playing really well at a good time of the year, and that the Raiders offensive line isn't actually good enough and they're probably going to win, but they're actually going to lose because of the Chargers and they want me to suffer.
2: He's got Chargers! You do you agree? I'm going San Diego. I think more adversity wow. for Oakland right now. Still trying to follow Justin's
5: logic. <laughs> not
1: all, not a terrible move, but I mean, I think Raiders are too good. Khalil Mack, let's not look at the offense, look at, look at the defense. He's Khalil Mack and crew, really I mean, they don't is. have Melvin Gordon, he's going to be after Rivers all day. I go Raiders on the road, on a short little West Coast trip. Alright, Patriots-Broncos, probably the game of the week in my opinion. Up
3: in the Mile High City, Tom Brady struggles. In Denver, does he do it this week, too? Uh, No,
2: because Denver is not a team right now he's going to struggle against.
3: He's gonna If he's going to want to win the MVP,
2: he's going to have to win this game. Who you got? I have Patriots, but if everyone picks Patriots in this segment, I'm going Broncos because that just makes me nervous. There you go. What do you think, Justin?
5: <laughs> Von Miller, two and a half sacks. Tom Brady loses. There, okay,
2: wins. I'm going Patriots then. I'm going Patriots. Way to Thank you, you back. Justin. I'm, I'm holding the Patriots strong
1: me. here. I, I, I am biased, but the Broncos, as good as their defense is, Their offense just isn't there this year. Simeon, I don't believe, can beat him. But who knows? Tom Brady at at, at mile high is definitely interesting. Sunday night, down in Dallas at Jerry
5: World, Tampa Bay. Famous Jameis steps into the scene. What do you think, Justin? I like the upset, actually. I think that if there's a young quarterback who could beat this Cowboys defense at Jameis Winston, with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised. But I I pick the upset.
2: Brennan? I'm going Cowboys, but if the Cowboys lose, watch out for Jerry, Ro- Jerry Jones putting Romo in, or at least just continuing to stir the pot. They're to Im- cause some drama?
3: Much improved Tampa Bay defense. Winston's going to show Prescott what a couple years of experience mean. I have Tampa upsetting Dallas, and the NFC will be put back into turmoil. That's another S- episode of NFL Friday here on a cold day. In the
1: Bronx, but we're warm in Studio 3, the b- Bunker. Thank you to Justin Laughlin behind the glass today, killing it for us. As always, Brendan O'Connell, Reed Horner, here with me in the studio on air. Of course, the executive producer of NFL Friday is Bob Aarons I'm Corey Miller. Have a fantastic Friday, everyone. Stay warm and enjoy some football on both Saturday and Sunday this weekend.
0: This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.